Welcome to the DC Beer Show. We are at DC Beer across social media. Mike Stein, what's in your Stein tonight? Well, Jake, I am having an old beer with a new recipe. It's DC Brow's The Public Pale Ale. It's also got a snappy new can. You know, a lot of cans these days have stickers or wraps on them, but this is a printed can. And uh, the public used to be a little bit stronger. It's now 5%. But between you tweeting out that DC Beer has a new recipe and editor emeritus Bill DeBon asking me about the new recipe, which I have zero insight into other than it's not as strong as it used to be, it smells great. It looks great. Let's see if it tastes great. Spoiler alert, it's quite tasty. <laughs> Richard, my good friend. What Mr. are you having? Do you have any any beer this I, evening? I, my friend, am enjoying the uh, lovely taste of mosaic and nectaron in the hazy IPA from Blackberry Farm Brewery, the mm. Coyote Tactics. As many of you know, uh, I now live here in Maryville, Tennessee, which is also the home of Blackberry Farm Brewery. And... Blackberry Farm Brewery has just recently been sold to another local hospitality brand called, well, actually, I can't remember what the brand is called, um, but they are they are owners of a number of uh, restaurants, a brew pub, and other uh, wonderful establishments, mostly around Townsend, Tennessee, which is mm-hmm. east of where I live. So... While I am sad that Blackberry Farm Brewery has been sold, I am happy that it has been sold to locals. Um, I was in the tap room the other day talking to folks. It looks like they're basically keeping all the staff. Um, so even though the name is changing, Wonderful. Um, it's like going to be the same high quality beer in my small uh, suburban town of Maryville, Tennessee. So yeah. Mr. Jake Berg scoops. What's in your glass tonight? I have, thanks to our friend Jerry from Share Pints, handed me at the last beer share a can of Aslan's Fest beer. And so I thought a nice brisk evening. I'm going to go ahead and crack this. I'm not saying it's a top three lager, but it was quite drinkable. Um, they did a good job with the Fest beer, so keeping it lighter, sweeter, um, a little bit of like, that kind of like buttered brioche. Um, as opposed to a Marzen, something a little bit more copper, darker colored. Um, and, you know, 10 minutes later, my Stein was empty. So a little bit of like a vanilla note that um, I wouldn't have put there. But again, um, a perfectly quaffable beer. Mm. Yeah, this uh, DC Brow Public reformulated is very quaffable. So that a beer should be digestible and easy to get through. If you're getting through it in 10 minutes, you know it's a drinker. Yeah. Um, You know, it may have some complexity or something to hang on to, but it's really interesting because, um, you know, we spend all day, week, month without drinking, right? Some some of us do Sober October or or Dry Nuary. Um, Shout out to everybody cruising through non-alcoholic beers now. Uh, we just found out that Sierra Nevada is not going to introduce one but two non-alcoholic beers. There was a trade publication today mentioning that uh, we have a non-alcoholic pale ale and a non-alcoholic kind of lager-esque crusher from Sierra Nevada. Um, and the trade pub mentioned that Sierra Nevada is the bellwether 
Um, and as we've seen Sierra Nevada put beer into 19.2.1 ounce cans, the stovepipe or stadium cans, you know, the idea that you need 19 ounces to get through a few innings or the first set or the first act of your concert or musical. Um, we've seen locals uh, like Port City do that. We've seen uh, breweries from further afield like New Realm put beer into the 19 plus ounce can. So Sierra Nevada, definitely the bellwether. Interesting to see the non-alcoholic beers coming down the pike. But we love the local beers, especially DC Brow, putting this into new cans, printed cans. Um, a lot of good stuff coming around town. Jake, what else are you looking forward to that's coming down the pike happening around town? So one thing I'm looking forward to is Wright Proper's 10th anniversary coming up. So we've got this reformulated Public Pale Ale, the first craft beer that DC's first craft brewery introduced. And so then next up, uh, we've got 10 years in Shaw for Wright Proper. And they're also going to celebrate 10 years, even though it hasn't been 10 years in Brookland. That actually comes first. So that's going to be Sunday, the 3rd, with a record fair, some food vendors in Brookland, 12 to 5. And then the 10th, a ticketed event that I think is going to have a bunch of vintage Le Flaneurs, um, the Vin de Cereal, which, if you know French, that just means it's a barley wine. Um, I know Bobby Bump just came on in and racked the most recent batch of that, but there are going to be a whole bunch of vintages happening there, um, happening there as well, and that's going to be on the 10th. Again, um, Eventbrite, I think it's going to be open bar and such. And so happy 10th to them. Uh, we will see many of you there. That's right. We're super excited for the barley wine uh, or the Vin du Cereal, uh, if you will. Bobby Bump uh, brewing up a storm at Right Proper. We love to see it. Um, we're grateful to Bobby as well as Leah and Thor, uh, both at the T Street Pub and the Production Hub. So we're really excited. Uh, we saw they have a bunch of new events with the new IPA coming out around town. Um, they're at Church Key. They're in, uh, I think they're in various locations around D.C. proper, as well as the metro D.C. region. Um, so make sure you're following D.C. Beer on all social medias. If you're on IG, Instagram, slide into those DMs. Brandy will get back to you. If you're on Twitter, uh, Jake or I will get back to you. Uh, the same on Facebook. Um, what other things are we looking forward to uh, now that we're getting into December? One thing that's coming up, and really it's multiple things, but it's one event writ large, is December is for holiday markets. And there are going to be many, many, many holiday markets coming up, which is going to be excellent. Hellbend is going to do record fair tomorrow, Saturday the 2nd. They just released a bunch of beers for their ninth anniversary last month. Uh, Brow is going to do a crafty drafters market. And our very own Brandy on the 17th at Lost Generation is curating, hosting, coordinating a market there on Sunday. The day before that, Saturday the 16th, we're partnering with Metro Bar on a winter seasonal tasting event. And that brings us to our first guest of the show. I'm here with John from Metro Bar, and we're putting on 
a holiday beer tasting event on the 16th of December. The 12 beers of Christmas. Um, we've been planning it for a couple of years now, and we're excited to have 12 local breweries, 12 different beers all come out around the holidays uh, with a, a range of flavor profiles and styles. So, you know, don't expect everything to be a spiced ale, but there will be some of those. So how did you come up with the idea to do the 12 beers of Christmas beyond the 12 days of Christmas <laughs> and the rampant commercialization and the, you know, all of, all of that? Yeah. Well, I mean, we opened the bar and we wanted to carry or focus on local products, um, local beer, local spirits, local culture. And uh, we started working with actually Erica at Craft Beer Cellar, and we were doing some black brewers tasting events, uh, women in brewing tasting events. And um, we thought that we could do a local beer event for the holidays. Um, I didn't think it was enough to like an advent calendar kind of thing is usually what people think of, which is a lot to take on. Um, I've bought those before. They're amazing. Um, but I didn't think we could quite get that many beers. So we decided to go with 12 and the 12 beers of Christmas lent itself well. Um, and then it was just about uh, finding the right beers, the breweries, um, trying to get everyone involved that we could and pulling the lineup together. So we're actually at a pretty cool point in DC and in the DMV beer scene in that we're able to do 12 beers of Christmas, although it's quite possible that if we extend slightly outside the beltway, we could do like an advent box. Uh, you definitely could. I mean, we had a list of at least 20 um, going up to Baltimore, down to Williamsburg. Um, there are more in DC. They're not necessarily what you would call, quote, holiday beers, although they are seasonal. Um, some of them are one-offs. Um, these that we have involved uh, for the tasting are what we felt were the, the most representative of a seasonal lineup. Something that, um, again, can span from spiced ales to IPAs um, to lagers, while also truly being a beer that the brewery will put out seasonally around this time of year. And so what do you think of Gnome for the Holidays? This is a, a slightly spiced Saison from Silver Branch. Um, who's won gold at the Great American Beer Festival for another one of their known beers. Well, like the 12 beers of Christmas, I'm fond of the name. It's a good play on words. Um, I think Silver Ranch is one of the best breweries around. Um, Glass Castle is an amazing beer. Known for the Holidays is one of my favorite holiday beers, and I'm not usually a huge Saison fan, so um, I think it really stands out. Uh, I am not usually the one to be able to describe everything about the beer I'm drinking. I'm someone who enjoys beer a lot. Um, always want to find people like yourself, everyone else from DC Beer, um, people like um, Craft Beer Cellar, um, our amazing staff to really talk me through what we're drinking um, and explain it better, which is what I think we're going to bring together um, for this event. Um, having the breweries represented, um, the ones who can make it, um, having you guys there to to help people understand like what's going on in the DC Beer scene, what's going on with these seasonals, and uh, and you know, walk some people through the tasting process. So DC Beer will be there. Brewery Reps will be there. What's it going to be like from a consumer standpoint, from the folks attending? Uh, we're going to set it up like tasting station style. So you're going you're gonna to buy your ticket online. Right now, um, the tickets will be live. They should be live when this airs. Um, the price point will be around $20 to $25. 
there will be 12 beers in the tasting and everyone will get a three ounce pour of each beer. Uh, we're going to set time slots beginning every hour, but um, people are welcome to hang out for the day if they want. Um, talk to the brewers for the full length of time and uh, you'll it'll be kind of casual where we'll have the space behind the train car, which is heated and enclosed. It's an extension of the rail car bar that we opened in the summer. Uh, so it's not all outdoors, which a lot of people are afraid of when we talk about Metro bar events in the winter. Um, and we want it to be social. We want the brewers to be able to hang out. Uh, we want the customers to be able to hang out and talk about the beer. Uh, not, not only will we have tastings, but all 12 beers will be available to buy on site to consume in full pours. And uh, the eight beers that are packaged uh, in cans and bottles will be available in mixed four packs that customers can buy to take home. Pretty cool. So you can taste a little bit, try something out if you'd like it, buy it, take it home. You could also buy a full pour while you're at Metro Bar. And the, the breweries that we have coming out, um, we have the Metropolitan Beer Trail neighbors of ours, um, right proper city states, um, Lost Generation and Red Bear. And they're going to be doing draft beers um, from spruce ales to winter, uh, winter warmers, a porter and a black lager. And then we also have uh, the pretty much every as many local breweries as we could work in. We have Atlas, Aslan, DC Brow, Denizens, Old Ox, Port City, and Silver Branch and Solace. And don't worry, there will be IPAs, beer drinking population. I know that you kids love that stuff. They'll, they'll be there too. There will be. There may be a giant flaming zombie polar bear, um, which would be Atlas's double IPA for the season. And uh, also, I think the Aslan beer is an IPA. It's a holiday IPA with a little spice in it called Tyson's Grandma. So it's going to be it's going to be an interesting mix. I think it's going to be a really fun event. And it's the sort of thing we would like to do annually. And, um, you know, we could make it bigger and better year after year. That's right. The more breweries, the more winter seasonals there are. And hopefully we can keep more breweries running and operating and opening uh, as the years progress. I mean, I know Urban Garden is working on their brewery. Um, once that's up and running, we'd love to have a seasonal on their ends. Cool. John, thank you so much for stopping by. Um, we will obviously see you on the 16th at Metro Bar, if not before. Uh, watch this space as well as Metro Bar's social media for more details. Uh, this episode goes live on Friday. Ticket link should be live at, at around that time as well. Great. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Jake. And yeah. Look forward to seeing everybody uh, at Metro Bar for some holiday cheer. Cool. Thanks, John. But wait, there's more. I'm here with Emily Brown, beverage director for many Andy's Pizzas in D.C. and Virginia. Soon to be more in D.C. Foggy Bottom coming soon. Where is it going to be, Emily? It is in the Western Market location, 2000 Pennsylvania Avenue. Very nice. Very nice. I have very fond memories of 2K Pen. I was a graduate student at GW, um, and so I know Balducci's, um, the late great Kincaid's, La Prima for the Italian sandwiches, and of course now they have Captain Cook and the Milkman. So can't go wrong. Oh yeah, the cookies are great. Yeah, I didn't know you went to GW. Congratulations! Thank you, smart guy. Yeah, you're welcome. All right, so I figured we start by talking beer. Andy's has locations in D.C. as well as Virginia. And also now Bethesda. Oh, there is one in Bethesda now as well? Yeah. And, and 
Foggy Bottom is the newest, which is opening this weekend. But until then, Bethesda is the newest. All right. We want to jump right in. Um, What's it like buying beer in Montgomery County in 2023? Montgomery County is a terrible place to buy beer. Uh, There's the fourth tier with the government. Um, I'm working, you know, very hard to get an interesting selection for people, but because you have to send everything through for approval that takes forever, there is no getting shilling there for me right now. I would have to get an entire pallet, which for a singular Andes is a lot of shilling as much as I love it. Maybe I could partner with Dominion and, you know, maybe partner with energy over there, but yeah, we have a good selection, but Virginia and DC, it's easier. So between Virginia and DC, what's it like dealing with the various bureaucracies there, setting aside Montgomery County? I mean, just to be honest, I love the people that distribute to me, most of them, and they go above and beyond to take care of me. It was really hard when I first came to town, but now I'm able to get kind of what I want the guests to try. I'm able to get the things I like. People go out of their way to source product that uh, I'm interested in, and I'm not the only one interested. You know, you've got Jensen at High Side over there. You've got Dominion. Obviously, you've got Greg Anger running programs in both states. So I am in the mix with all of that stuff, and I don't have a hard time with it anymore. It's great. Cool. Are you able to transfer anything between locations across state lines? Absolutely not. (laughs) Definitely not that I would say in a podcast, but I'm pretty sure legally, no, never. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. You notice any differences in terms of what gets sold, what gets consumed, what people are ordering? I will say in Virginia, the uh, hazy IPA craze seems like very alive and well. Whereas in DC, while it's still very popular, people are, as you know, you know, reaching for a, a dark lager. They're reaching for, you know, a multi beer or just even just a pilsner. And that's all being had in Virginia too. But if I put a Fidens on in Virginia, people lose their mind. And in DC, they're like, this is really cool. Like Churchkey has it too, you know, that kind of thing. I've had some trouble like eating while also drinking a hazy IPA. Do you have any go-to okay. like pizza beer pairings for hazy? For hazy, I like to do kind of like a, we have a sausage. Our carnivore pie really stands up to an IPA, whether it's a West Coast or an East Coast. I also think a white slice with a little hot honey so there's not too much action going on and you can just let the hazy IPA go. But honestly, if you want that juicy, you know, fluffy cloud of deepa, I think if that's your thing, you're pretty chill to have it with a pizza no matter what, right? Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. But yeah, I would go either strong toppings or kind of no toppings. I think, you know, a delicate margarita is not going to do well with that kind of beer. I'm intrigued by this white pizza thing. But what I've been telling people is um, the hazy stands up very well with like swordfish, scallops. Oh, yeah, scallops. I would love a hazy IPA with scallops. Everybody hates on the hazy IPA so much these days in the beer world, and um, the people that do it really well do it really well, and I still really enjoy them. So you shouted out Fidens. What are some of the other breweries that are out there that you want to give give flowers to for their hazies? For their hazies, I will never get tired of Bissell Brothers. I will never get tired of the old Big Cat at Ocelot. Uh, In uh, Richmond, which sometimes I consider local, you know, you've got phenomenal things always coming out in that department from the Vale. Um, I am a huge fan 
of um, Final Gravity. Everybody knows. I love them. I want to do an event with them this winter. So we'll see if we can make that happen. And then um, up in New York, I'm a big fan of Finback. Cool. In the hazy department. Yeah. So speaking of New York, is that sort of like where you got your start in beer? Yeah, absolutely. I still I still do three programs there. Um, but I got started bartending on the side in a little tiny craft beer bar called the Rabbit Club. Picture a pitch black punk rock basement with 100 beers on the list. Um, when I started there, it was all European. And now that I'm doing the menu, which took years to get to, um, I've kept it 50-50. So 50% domestic and 50%, you know, the old school or vol and the like. But yeah, if you're ever in New York, please go down. I'll let them know you're coming. Absolutely. So how did you get in with the Rabbit Club and sort of come into beer? So Rabbit Club um, is right in the village. And because it's so small, the bar couldn't really afford its own security guard. So the owner didn't want to hire any female bartenders, not because of any kind of sexism, because bars in New York are open until four in the morning. And a bar like that doesn't need security on a Tuesday night. But having a woman there alone, you know, unsettled him. I've come in as a regular I found a ghost for the first time, and that's when I learned there were things other than Miller Lite. I fell in love with the place, and eventually one of the old school bartenders, you know, had some sort of like a family type situation and moved back to Texas, and the guy was in a real bind, and they let me have my first shift. And then I started working there full time, and from there I got so into beer that I also started working at As Is, which is where I got more into American styles. I'll never forget working in other half tap takeover at the crux of that movement. I'm thinking this is so awesome that I can taste the beers before these guys in line. And also I'm going to make so much money. So <laughs> I'm grateful for the backbone of understanding like the Trappist Dales and the old school stuff, but then learning kind of the new craze is the perfect, was the perfect com- combination for me. Cool. And so how did you come down to D.C. from there? Okay. So I'm from here. I was born at GW Hospital, actually. I was also born at GW Hospital. Yeah, really? Yeah, we have more in common than we thought, except I didn't get into GW. So there is that. (laughs) I'm sorry. I keep on bringing this up. I didn't mean to. You know, yeah. it you emotional. This is subject. No, it's all right. Save me a bunch of money. But um, Andy of Andy's Pizza is my cousin. And um, in our, we're from a big family. And in our family, we're sort of the people who always want to go to the new restaurant. We always want to, you know, try the new cocktail. So he would come visit me in New York. And he was on a journey where he was getting super into pizza. And we would go and we would hit six slice shops, you know, in a visit and share a slice. And he would take notes. And when he was opening the very first Andy's, which was Andy's Pizza Tyson's, uh, the time I had gotten sort of out of bartending and I was running for small bars. But for me, the joy was I was getting to do their beer programs for the first time. And Andy said, come open this pizzeria in the mall, you know, the cultural epicenter of the East Coast, Tyson's Corner, Virginia. And I said, I am not going to leave New York City and open a pizza place in a mall. And he there were a few agreements, but he said, uh, if you come do this for me, you can do whatever ridiculous beer stuff you want at Andy's. And so I moved from New York City. And I don't know if when he said that, he knew that we were going to have so many locations and how out of control the beer would get. Um, 
I am very lucky uh, to have this outlet. And I do wonder if he regrets it when our accountants say that there are thousands of SKUs and nobody knows what like a, you know, the bird flew over the lake, DEPA double dry hopped version seven. They're like, <laughs> what is this? How do we account for it? But uh, that is how it came down. Andy convinced me. So you're in New York, still running a couple of programs up there. What's it like yeah. bouncing back and forth? Um, are you are you on Amtrak, Chinatown bus, Greyhound? On occasion, the bus, but um, I try to plan in advance. I love Amtrak. I can get real work done. I will work on stuff for Andy's, you know, the whole way up. Um, I have driven when I want to pick up kegs to bring back to D.C. Um, Wayward Lane is a new favorite of mine, and you can't get their beer down here. So I have, like, muled some stuff on occasion. I, you know, Andy's is my, is my main gig. And then on the side though, I am in love with this little bar, the rabbit club, and I've been doing it for long enough. I don't mean it's phoned in. It's just, I'm so ingratiated in the beer world now ordering for all of the Andy's that I don't have to sit there every week and taste beer. I know who does what I like. I go up about every five weeks. Um, I mean, I do beer for the green zone here in DC too, which is a totally different program. And it just makes me kind of always I'm in the know in a lot of parts of the country. I think you could hire me in Miami and I, I could do it from here. Maybe that's just, you know, high hopes, but it's not too bad. No, you know, and if you, if you want to open up a pizza place there and you can, you've got, you know, Civil Society, Three Sons, Jay Wakefield, mm -hmm. Angry Chair here and there. I'll tell Andy, let's, yeah. let's take this show See? down to Miami. Yeah. Put a, yeah. You know, put, put a Cuban sandwich or like a media noche, you know, yeah. toppings on a pizza yeah. and have at it. I mean, coming, coming from New York when nobody knew me here, it did help some me. Like, I remember Oxbow reached out on my behalf. You know, like nobody, they're like, who is this random person in the mall trying to get this product? And to have someone of that sort of cloud say, hey, this person is really passionate and maybe you should email them back really was helpful. So previously, in the, earlier in the conversation, we've got like a pretty good idea of what sells where. Are you putting yes. stuff on and it's not moving for whatever reason? You know, I do. It, every Andy's is different based on uh, the deal that we get. Some have more drafts than others. But in general, I really think it's all about how excited the staff is about it. I will say there were a few things that I picked up of like a sour donut fall beer that was harder to move because 16 ounces of a apple cider donut beer might not be what everybody wants, but I mean to tell you things that are not for me, they're selling. All of my favorites are selling. I'm moving a 750 milliliter of some rare champagne beer from Belgium. I couldn't believe it. We're down to our last one, but the staff is talking about it. So yeah, some places uh, a smoke beer sells better than others, but generally speaking, I would not say there's a category that I am you know, Ixchnang. Since you mentioned the imports, how has yes. that been going for you over the last couple of months or so with the dissolution of Legends uh, and then the various imports that they brought in going to other distributors or in some cases not getting picked up at all? So, for example, I don't think there's anyone who distributes Cezanne DuPont in DC right now. 
Yeah, I mean, Saison Dupont is arguably one of the, you know, one of the best beers ever, ever made, in my opinion, and certainly in that in its category. And I had it on tap as a fixture at Noma, and then I would bring it in, you know, here and there at all the stores, and people are so happy to see it on tap. Uh, it sells very well up in New York. That is heartbreaking for me. What I did is I got, you know, Reverie brought me some Phantom. And it's not saying one is better than the other, but I'm going to find something of a similar caliber and hook it up. Will I be able to get, you know, Saison from Phantom as easily and frequently? Will the staff put on the wrong coupler and ruin the entire keg? Yes. You know, like the one ways that are from Europe and then accidentally if someone forces a coupler on it, you could lose the whole thing. I don't know if Greg has that problem. I think he makes sure that everything is done, you know, according to plan, but I have a great rep, um, formerly of Legends. His name is Sam, and he's now with a new company. And he knows what I like, and he lets me know when he has the good stuff in. But yes, I'm devastated about Saison. Somebody should have it. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, we're recording this right after Thanksgiving, and I was a little bummed because, to me, that's that's the go-to Thanksgiving dinner beer. Um, nice carbonation, yeah. little acidity, nice and dry, plays well with everything. Right. I mean, I, I can drink it year round. And I, I don't know. I think it is so rarely seen, even when it was in town, people are thrilled to see it on a menu. And what I've noticed is of all different ages, whether it's a reminiscent trip that they made to Europe or they're a beer nerd or, you know, something like that. But I really hope somebody picks it up. Fingers crossed. But I'm going to keep getting good stuff in from Europe just from somebody else, whatever I have to do. Excellent. So you've got a bunch of different beverage programs that you're running. Yes. What does the education component look like for the staff across not just Andy's Pizza, but also a place like the Green Zone that is a lot more cocktail focused and then the beer is there sort of to complement that? Yeah. I, so for me, sometimes, you know, I do find myself running around and I do, I know that when you said to me, what's not going to sell? The beer that's not going to sell is something kind of weird that the staff doesn't understand. So then they don't tell you the guest. So at Andy's Pizza right now, we have a beer packet written by me. It is um, not a Cicerone course. It is for someone who's really into beer, but also someone who might have started at Andy's. And they know how to make cocktails, but they don't know exactly what an Allagash is. You walk into an Andes and you want to have a blue moon. While I don't carry that, I want the staff to know that they ought to recommend this wit beer or this sweet beer, you know. And um, I want when you come in, Jake, and you go, I'm in the mood for an IPA. I want my staff to say, cool, are you interested in an East Coast or a West Coast IPA? I don't expect them to talk about like the molecules and the atoms and like the dandelions that were picked necessarily. If they're interested in that, we are willing at Andy's to send them for their Cicerone. But I just want them to be able to go, oh, you like regular IPAs. You don't want this hazy stuff. Let me let me get you this awesome West Coast IPA. So we're doing a quiz. The winner um, in DC and Bethesda, anyone with a perfect score gets a gift card to Lost Gen. So I'm hoping that's going to be a, um incentive. And then over in Virginia, the top scores or perfect scores are going to get gift cards to Ocelot. Green Zone, the staff there is so curious. You know, those people go to sleep at night dreaming about tinctures. They are some of the most creative people ever. Any information I get them about the beer, they soak up like a sponge and they cannot wait to spit it out. That is probably, that is a very easy education 
situation for me because of the types of people that are interested in working there. And in New York, I just do that. I send all the tasting notes. I never give 20 notes. I go, this is the thing that everyone's going to want. Like, let's say we have Hetty Topper, but this is the thing that nobody knows what it is. And this is why it's special. And this is why you should push it. And it works really well. I just always have to find the time. So in DC proper, I feel like there's certainly fewer beer events going on, as well as there are fewer beer bars, beer-focused bars with programs than there were 10 years ago. What's it been like doing beer events in the city? So um, I am I mainly blessed by the fact that energy is here, getting to be in town during Snally, getting to attend is is just absolutely, as a beer lover, it is so fun. But I threw an event um, the night before this year, and I, it was awesome. Like, it was pizza. It was anti-hangover sticks. It was awesome lagers from all over. And the place was packed with beer, people that work in beer, brewery owners and brewers and things like that. But it was packed with guests of Andy's that wanted to come try it. It couldn't have gone better. And worse now, not in town. Could I put that together? Sure. Would it be as easy for me? Hell no. So I'm really grateful for that. Um, I will say though that, you know, we, if you Google right now, best beer bars in Washington, DC, unless something has changed very soon, we have never made a DC eater list. We have never made infatuation. And I think that we have some of the absolute best beer in the city. And it's, I don't know how to get those people to know. I would like to um, show the GMs at Andy's Pizza, show the staff when the beer maps are hard to follow or it's a pain in the butt, how often I rotate. I'd like to show them like people are really into it. And um, our sales in the category show that it's the favorite thing to drink at Andy's over cocktails and wine typically, but we're not on any of those lists. So it's been great having the events because of Snally, but mate, there is a very big shadow there. But we're going to keep going and doing it. I'm uh, planning an event with Wayward Lane and The Seed coming up this winter, and I'm really excited for that. Kind of some, you know, smaller, weirder things. So The Seed, I know, um, coming out of Atlantic City, um, yeah. for, for the time being, what's Wayward Lane? So Wayward Lane, um, I am in love with this black Pilsner they make. They make phenomenal, you know, all the crispy categories. They make great uh, West Coast IPs as well. They won um, gold. They won number one best new brewery in New York uh, this year, 2023. I was really loving their stuff before that happened. And then when that happened, it's just, it was very exciting um, that I was already working with them. And they hand delivered. The owner brings everything himself really nice guy. Um, they've done some events at tourist. I mean, they are, they're top notch and I'm just excited to bring something down here that except for when I got them down for the girls Inc event, they were on, I think one line, it was a charity event. I don't think anybody's really had them. And the seed has been down a few times, but not very often. And I know that they're thinking of doing a collaboration beer. So we'll bring that in for the event. Excellent. When does Andy's yeah. pizza foggy bottom open? So we got our liquor license today. If you came by for a slice tomorrow, Jake, I would give you one. And the moment that some alcohol comes in, which could be as early as 11 a.m. or as late as Thursday, I would hand you a drink. Cool. This I think our official opening is Friday. I was going to say, this is recorded on Tuesday night and it goes live 
on Friday, which means that fingers crossed, all goes well, and you all should be open. Oh yeah, great. Yeah, absolutely. Come see us. We're doing um, draft lines. Uh, they're going to rotate. We're doing a wall of beer. We have a phenomenal wine selection. We've got fresh cocktails on Thursdays for everybody that loves beer. Go to any Andy's Pizza location anywhere. Buy any five beers. And at our locations that have package, you could sit at the bar, drink two drafts, and then take three cans to go. And you get two slices on the house. So if you're with some people, like at Shaw, we sell the buckets. Go for it and drink them all. If you're solo, take them home. But that's a pretty good deal. Two free slices on Thursday with the purchase of five beers. It does sound like a pretty good deal. And as someone who, like Emily, has spent some time in New York, Andy's is <laughs> really good pizza, too. It's really good pizza. Yeah, um, Andy is obsessed with pizza. I think he dreams it um, and eats it and lives it. And we do a minimum three-day ferment on all the pies. So that goes with, you know, beer for sure. Excellent. And shameless self-promotion here. Even if you're not on eater and infatuation lists, which you should be, you're on our lists, the DC Beer Beer Trails at dcbeer.com. Well, thank you. Yeah, thanks so much. I don't mean it in any way of like, I deserve this, I should get it. I just mean when you said to me, what is it like doing programs here? And I think that we have these great programs I don't know how many people in those circles know, but I think that a lot of beer drinkers know, and that is really what matters. Well said. And let's not mince words here. Uh, the Infatuations brand is, I think, reasonably snarky, and I'm not sure how well okay. that plays <laughs> in a post-COVID environment in which businesses are struggling. Right. Um, but yeah. I, yeah. Shame on them. I just thought you know, yeah. we should. <laughs> Thanks. I yeah. should mention that. Cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But thank you so much, Emily. We've, um, we've been big fans for a while. It's really cool that we finally got you on the show. I can't believe anybody's asking me to be on a podcast or anything like that. People's reaction to me coming on here, they were so excited for me. It made me realize what a big deal it is even more than I knew. Um, I was talking to Tim Liu, the big time beer director from NRG Group. And he said, what do you think you're going to talk about while you're on DC Beer? And I said, I'm going to talk to them about how lame you are, Tim. <laughs> So I am so honestly honored. You're welcome. And Emily, what's your favorite beer? The one I'm drinking. However, I will say I will never forget the time that I had a, when I got Pliny the Elder at the source the first time. Can't argue what's with that. What's your favorite beer? Um, I have a real soft spot for Schlafly Kolsch. That's just. Okay. Yeah. Um, Love it. Yeah. But if you, if you, if you hand me an, an Orval, then, you know, it's. Oh my gosh, it's game, an Orval. It's game on. Number one. Yes, especially if it's yeah, got you know one. six months on it, like a little a little bit yeah, funkier. Absolutely. Yeah. Goodbye, Emily. Thanks so much for being here, and we'll see you soon. Thank you so much. I said it about five times. I am honored to be here. Thank you for all that you do promoting beer locally. I am thrilled. I could not believe uh, people's reaction when I told them I was coming on today. Uh, made me feel like a celebrity. So thank you so much, DC Beer. Thank you so much, Jake. Thank you, John from Metro Bar. Thank you, Emily from Andy's Pizza. Uh, we have one other piece of news for our Patreon members, and that is watch the Patreon space for an invitation to a dinner at Lion Hall Stein. That's kind of like your neck of the woods. 
Tell us a bit more. Yes, sir. So uh, massive shout out to Alyssa at Lion Hall. Um, she let us know that she would love to let our Patreon members have a little discount code for a beer dinner. And if you don't know, Lion Hall's putting out some of the best beer dinners in the area. Uh, she recently hosted Favio. I was mentioning Dynasty Brewing Company before. Uh, full disclosure, Lost Lagers, my beverage research firm, works very closely with Dynasty. But outside of that, the beer dinners are on and popping at Lion Hall. They have a wonderful draft list in Arlington proper. Um, if you're inside the city, of course, check out Metro Bar. All of these folks are working with DC Beer. And yes, you can get there via socials or via dcbeer.com, the uh, quote-unquote traditional methods. But if you really want the inside scoop, if you want to see how the sausage is made, if you want to see how the plant-based burger is assembled, get to Patreon, become a patron uh, for DC Beer, and we would love to see you at one of our next bottle shares. It's a wonderful thing. I had a great experience with one of our patrons at Blue Jacket last month. Uh, she said she listens to the podcast all the time when she's driving, and it was just absolutely wonderful to share beer with some folks who are really interested in what DC Beer is putting out, and we love to hear from our community. So come join us on Patreon. You can find us at dcbeer.com slash Patreon. That's where you're going to get discounts to events like the one uh, Michael just talked about. That's where you're going to get discounts at Craft Beer Cellar and other uh, retail outlets where you can get discounts at uh, breweries and tap rooms all around town. DCBeer.com slash Patreon. Thank you all so much for listening. We are at DC Beer across social media. Be well and be excellent to each other. Happy holiday season. Glug, 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 glug. Glug, 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 glug.